Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. All right, hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from an Indiana perspective. Uh, lots to get to today. Sorry about the technical problems. Uh, still having some technical problems in my headset, but we'll try to roll forward for the hour. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a moment. As always, we take a look at news and headlines of the day. And then a uh, lot to get to from a recruiting perspective. Definitely uh, trying to figure things out now that the IU coaches are back from the road and wondering exactly what is going on with some of these big-name recruits that IU is tracking. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Also, later in the show, we have uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier coming on with us, and uh, we'll have him to talk the latest on IU basketball and more. And again, sorry getting on late. We're having all sorts of technical problems, and uh, Justin back at the studio, I am still having all kind of problems hearing in the headset, but we'll try to work through this. Glad you're with us today. Uh, that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Uh, still offering their dinner package specials and curbside service also still available at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany as well. I tell you what, we're going to head to another break. We're still trying to figure out commercial problems. We'll be back with more after this. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, let's try this again. I think everything is uh, back to normal now. Thank you for your patience as we try to get on the air here for this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. All right, a reminder, we've got headlines in this segment. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us in the second segment today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get to some of this recruiting stuff. Yesterday we talked about the IU coaches, where they were at over the weekend, 
Mike Woodson and some of the assistants spent a lot of time in Las Vegas, a number of key prospects there for Indiana playing over the weekend. After the visits, or after the live period, I should say, now is when you hear more about visits and about list cuts, and we're beginning to hear that with some of the news that came out yesterday. Liam McNeely, who's a big target of Indiana, he's also a really good player, a top 10 player in the class of 2024. He's from Montverde Academy down in Florida, where Indiana has had some success with Malik Renew and Jalen hood Shafino. but he told our friend Jeff Rabjohns that he is planning to take an IU senior year official visit sometime in September likely for a home football game on one of those weekends. McNeely, a big-time player being coveted by so many of the big names in college basketball, he is someone to watch as this recruiting heats up here as the month of July slowly becomes to an end. Also, uh, Boogie Fland, another name that we've talked about a lot, five-star guard. He named a top eight list yesterday, Indiana, one of the schools that made the cut. I know eight is a lot of schools still, but some of these players taking advantage of additional visit opportunities and have bigger lists heading into their senior year. And so uh, definitely Fland, who lists Indiana with Kentucky, Alabama, Michigan, North Carolina, Maryland, Yukon, and St. John's uh, all going after the point guard uh, from New York. Six foot three, he's the number seven player overall in the class of 2024, and McNeely, the number eight player overall in the class of 2024. So who knows if Indiana goes on to get these guys or not, but I can tell you for sure they are involved with a number of really big players, and that's been the consistent message this spring and summer. Indiana after a ton of players right now, but Boogie Flan from Stepanak High School, uh, a legendary program in Indiana, down to eight. Indiana, one of those eight. Also, as we talked yesterday, Flory Badunga of Kokomo, he, he looks to be out for Indiana. Uh, he is not going to take another visit to the campus in Bloomington, uh, as maybe fans had hoped. And maybe he even, I think he even alluded to that as a possibility some weeks ago. And with that said, now Patrick Ngongba uh, and also Derek Queen become even more so important as far as front court players in the 2024 class for Indiana. So now that the month of July beginning to slow down, you got the NCAA camps, which I don't know that all the big name guys are going to be out there this coming weekend. We'll just have to see how it goes with COVID. They're still fairly new and not exactly sure how things are going to work out. But with that said, um, be interesting to see how the weekend goes and we'll see where Indiana's at and see how things as we get to the month of August and start to think about visits during the college football season shake out for the Hoosiers with recruiting. Also, the NBA Summer League now a wrap. Let's take a look at Jalen hood Shafino and Trace Jackson-Davis and their performances uh, out in Las Vegas. hood Shafino, 11.8 points per game in four games that he played for the Lakers Summer League team. 4.3 rebounds, three assists, 1.5 steals, one turnover per game. He averaged 29 minutes per game, shot 31% from the field and 35.7% from three-point range, 46.2% from the free throw line. So I tell you what, I think overall an intriguing summer, to say the least, for Hood Shafino to see what his role for the Lakers could be moving forward. Trace Jackson Davis only got two games in out in Las Vegas he averaged 16 points over those two games, 
8.5 rebounds, 1.5 steals, 1.5 assists, 1.5 blocks as well. He did have two turnovers per game and got 22.3 minutes per game, uh, did TJD out in Vegas. He was 66.7% from the field and also shot that exact same percentage from the free throw line as well. So I think both of those guys overall with solid summers to see where their NBA careers may take them. And speaking of Flory Badunga, I left this out talking about recruiting. He is down to four schools, Auburn, Duke, Kansas, and Michigan. Indiana heavily involved with him for some time, but as he announced yesterday, his final four, you could say, of schools, Indiana does not make the cut, and really that should be no surprise. Also, Little League Baseball, Little League Softball continuing to heat up. Jeffersonville is going to host the Little League State Tournament in 12-year-old Major Baseball. That's the main division that goes all the way to Williamsport. Play on ESPN if you're lucky enough to make it that far. And the Indiana State Champion will be crowned at Jeffersonville very soon. And softball side, I don't know that any Little League in the state of Indiana is having more success than the Floyd's Knobs Community Club. I uh, saw that their minor league team won the state championship yesterday. They've had a number of district champions locally and a number of teams that have went on to have really good state tournaments so far. So hats off to them. The proud tradition of softball here locally with Floyd's Knobs Community Club continues once again this summer. They have had an outstanding, across the board, outstanding performances uh, from their teams. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or a topic you'd like to chat about today, send us a text on the Thornton's text line and I'll bring it up in the next segment with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Stay with us. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins in this segment each week. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. Follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. A lot of recruiting topics to hit today with Mike. And Mike, still one more live period ahead this weekend, but it's NCAA organized camps, which I'm not sure how that really has went over with the college coaches as far as an evaluation tool. And will we see all these big-name prospects that Indiana is recruiting? Are they committed to go to these different regional camps, or are some of them doing other things this weekend? I think you're going to see a mix of things with these guys. I mean, some of these guys have been on the road nonstop going all the way back to April with very few weekends off. So I won't be surprised at all if you see some guys take this weekend off. Um, they haven't done this camp thing, to my memory, in, in a few years. And the last time they did it, it wasn't well attended by the top players or coaches. So I'm not expecting it to be a, a major recruiting weekend. 
Mike Schumann with us from the Daily Hoosier. Mike, staying with recruiting, Flory Badunga announced his top four yesterday. Indiana, I think pretty much as expected, not in the mix any longer for him. Does that surprise you at all, or is this thing is played out with the lake entrance by Duke and some other schools stepping it up? Does this not shock you, his decision to not include Indiana in his final list? I mean, it didn't shock me yesterday, but if you'd asked me a few months ago if, if if IU didn't make their top four, would that have surprised me? I would have said, yeah. I mean, it's just been one of those kind of murky recruitments that's gone a lot of different directions and it hasn't always been real clear kind of what he was thinking. I mean, he, he was very open and available to talk over the last six months, um, but it, when it came to actually giving details on his recruitments and his plans and visits and all that stuff, he, he wasn't real open, so it was hard to know um, exactly where he was at with everything. But over the last couple weeks, um, it, it was clear IU wasn't emphasizing him. They didn't have a Coach Woodson at any of his games that I was at or, or that I heard about. And um, some coaches like Bill Self, uh, Juwan Howard, Bruce Pearl were mainstays in his recruitment. So it became obvious over the last couple of weeks that Indiana was trending out of the picture and some other schools had a lot of confidence. Does this turn up the pressure on Mike Woodson and the IU staff at all with some of the other in-state guys coming up like Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sisley? Um, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I've seen, I've had a lot of uh, readers comment, you know, you know, what's the deal with in-state, you know, in response to the story situation. But uh, I, I know you know, but for, for your listeners, uh, to remind them, you know, Flory, I, I don't really view him as an in-state guy. He, he's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. He's an exchange student. He's been in the U.S. for less than two years. And, yes, Indiana's been recruiting him hard for the last year, but he doesn't have any special kind of affinity or connection to IU uh, from his upbringing or anything like that. So, I mean, other than Indiana being relatively close to Kokomo, where he lives right now at the moment, there was never really a true in-state connection like you would see with a Trent Sisley or Jalen Harrelson, who um, have known IU basketball their entire life. So it, those are very different situations. Um, I, I think in-state recruiting in the Woodson era is just going to be, look, if there is a top 50, top 100 prospect in the state that they feel like can help them, they're going to go full steam ahead on, on those targets. But it, but it's, I think it's a little bit different than maybe what we saw in regimes of past where, you know, basically it was in-state first. I, I don't think we're seeing that with Woodson. It's, you know, if, if there are in-state people and they're good enough, they're going to go. But I don't think in-state kids have any special um, emphasis otherwise. The first thing is they got to be, you know, in the staff's mind of the profile and mold that they fit. And, you know, obviously IU's taking a very uh, broad approach to recruiting with a lot of guys on the East Coast and in the Southeast. So, um, but... Surely, as you mentioned at the outset, when it comes to Sisley and Harrelson, they're absolutely all in. And, you know, sitting here a year from now, if they miss on those guys, then, then I think there's a different kind of conversation about pressure on the staff and things like that. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking recruiting to begin our segment today. Now that Badunga has a Final Four that doesn't include Indiana, where does Indiana focus for that class, for the, that position, that type of player? I think one guy has to be Derek Queen. 
Yeah, I'd say he's a number one when it comes to a class of 2024 center for, for Indiana. Um, you know, I, he's at a school, Montbert Academy, where Indiana has very good connections and, and had success bringing in Jalen Huchifino and Malik Renew here in the last year to two years. So that there's good connections, there's a history, there's a good story with Huchifino, and, and Renew is very happy at IU as well. So a lot of good stuff there. Um, you know, I think based on everybody you you read and talk to on Queen, it seems like mainly a two-team race uh, between IU and Maryland, although I think he's planning other visits. You know, I think Kansas might be in the mix. Um, he, he's done nothing but bolster his status as a, you know, very high-end five-star uh, prospect in this class. Um, so, so I think it's going to be very competitive, but, but I think IU is – Right there in the in the top group for him is, is the best way I know how to describe it. They're a legit contender for, for Derek Queen. And then you've got Patrick Ngangba, who's from the D.C. area as well. Both those guys are, are Washington, D.C. metro area guys um, in terms of where they were born and raised. And so the, um, the deal with Ngangba, in my mind, might in at least some ways connect to for Badunga because I think if Badunga picks Duke, um, that will be a factor for Ngong, but Duke's not going to probably take two centers in the, in the 2024 class. So I think given that, I think you'll see Ngong start to look elsewhere. Um, he, he's already named a top eight. Indiana's in the top eight. He said that he's considering a visit to Indiana. So you know, I think those are the two guys that, that IU is going to focus all their efforts on. They, they need a center in the 2024 class, in my opinion, and I think those are the guys you're going to see them go hard after here in the next couple months. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking recruiting today. Also some news that Liam McNeely is planning a visit sometime this fall, perhaps in September when it matches up with a home football game weekend. He's another big name, as is Boogie Fland, and both of those guys recently have talked visits and made list cuts, and Indiana's still very involved. Yeah, the, the story of 2024 with IU right now is the caliber of guys that they're going after. And, you know, you know, I think if you look back to where we were this time last year, I think, you know, there was a lot, wasn't a lot left to play out. I mean, there, there were some July visits, and, and once those were done, you know, things were pretty much wrapped up. I think you're going to see all these key 2024 recruitments that go at least into Labor Day weekend, if, if not beyond. And so there, there's going to be a lot of nervous days with, with Indiana fans kind of watching all these guys. You mentioned several of them, Boogie Flan, Derek Queen, Liam McNeely might be the three most interesting guys. You got Ngongbo, you got Dylan Harper. Um, we're, we're talking like a cast of, you know, cons- top 40, top 50 prospects. Don't forget about Jaden Mustaf, who visited and really likes IU. Um, they are after a high-end group of players. They, they obviously don't need to get all of them, but if you get you know a couple of those guys and then round out the class with a couple more top 100 guys, you're, you're going to have one of Indiana's better classes in recent history, but, but there's a lot of work to be done because anytime you're after players of that caliber, um, there's, there's a lot of other good schools that are involved as well. Um, Indiana's shown that they can close on those type of kids with McKenzie Mbaco and Khalil Ware. I think in the NIL era, that helps Indiana a lot, as well as the stories that we've seen with Huchifino and Jackson Davis getting drafted. There's, there's a lot of positive momentum and um, 
you know, good vibes around the program, but, but Indiana's going to have to close this one out. It's, it's a very important class because it's Mike Woodson's first class in, in the sense that, you know, he's been involved with these guys for a long time and has really, you know, built relationships. And this is the, the first class where you can really say that. Talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's with us Tuesdays on the program. Mike, as recruiting continues, uh, there's a lot of other things to think about with this Indiana team for next season. And I saw John Rothstein's predictions of the Big Ten Conference that came out uh, over the weekend. He's got Indiana eighth. I asked yesterday Zach Osterman his opinion on that number eight spot in the way early preseason for the Hoosiers. Do you agree, or where would you put Indiana in the Big Ten at this juncture? I mean, I think eighth is reasonable, um, but if you if I saw a prediction that said third, I, I'd say okay, that might be a little uh, ambitious or aggressive, but not completely out of the realm. And even you know, in a worse spot than eighth, I wouldn't say it's completely crazy because I think we're if you, we're, we're in the process right now at the Daily Hoosier of going team by team, kind of unraveling all the roster upheaval, and there is a ton of it across the Big Ten. And if you really go team by team, you know, I think this was the story last year. You know, maybe there's a clear favorite. Last year it was Indiana uh, at this time. You know, it obviously didn't play out that way, which is something to consider as well. Um, But if you go team by team this year, you know, I think Purdue's the obvious choice. I think Michigan State's the popular pick for second, although I think there's some question marks there as to whether or not they, they have. A, a good enough front court and whether or not their freshmen are going to be ready. But uh, I'd probably be compelled to agree that they're the second pick. But after second, I mean, you can go third through 13th in, in that league when you really start to look at the rosters, and there's not a whole lot of difference. There's, there's pros and cons to every team. I think you're going to see a lot of surprises, a lot of craziness in those three through 13 spots, and obviously, as we all know, the, the Big Ten's imbalance and scheduling always plays a factor as well. So, you know, I've got no issue with somebody saying eighth, um, but but I think it's a crapshoot anywhere in that range. Yeah, I agree. Mike Schumann with us. Mike, uh, also want to talk about the NBA Summer League. It came to a conclusion over the weekend. Trace Jackson Davis, two games, but I thought both of those games – uh, he was productive and efficient for the Warriors in his opening professional games, I guess you could say. Your thoughts on Trace and also Jalen hood Shafino as far as the upcoming NBA season goes. What kind of roles could they have based on what you saw in Vegas during summer league play? I mean, I thought based on when I watched them, they kind of are who we thought they were. You know, I, I think Jalen did a lot of good things, was really strong in the mid-range and as a facilitator, but struggled with his three-point shot. I think that's going to be the main thing to watch with him. I think he can do just about everything on the court consistently except make threes, and we all know how important that is in the NBA. So that may kind of be the defining aspect that that dictates what kind of role he has as a rookie, is how much consistency can he develop from from long range. And then Trace, um, kind of the same thing, like, you know, he didn't take a three, to my knowledge, uh, but he did a lot of positive things. He rebounded, he passed, he blocked shots. Um, you know, I thought it was an interesting quote I saw from him last week just saying that, you know, when he interviewed with the Warriors, they kind of shared a laugh about, you know, why, did, why is everybody concerned with your three-point shot, you know, when you can do just about everything else on the court. So that, I think in his mind, probably right there, 
helped him believe that the Warriors were, you know, one of the best fits for him out there. And that's exactly what he showed last week when he finally was able to play after a hamstring injury that, that he, you know, I think because he does a lot of things at an elite level, especially, you know, as a, you know, his second jump and, and you know, what he's able to do in the pick and roll game and in the mid post, I, I think that's, that was the appeal to Golden State. They've got shooters, obviously. Um, you know, playing alongside guys like Steph Curry and Chris Paul next year, I, I think it's all the other things that Trace can do that, that makes him uh, compelling. And, and I do think he's going to end up, you know, seeing, you know, he's not going to start or anything like that, but I do think he'll end up playing a meaningful role on that team just because he does bring elite attributes to, to the table. I think I saw a picture that Cliff Marshall, the strength and conditioning athletic performance coach at Indiana, tweeted out yesterday it was Trace with Calvert Chaney. Is Trace back in Bloomington doing some work now? Yeah, I think so. They're they're done with with summer league, so he must have come back to Indiana to do workouts. I I think that's a pretty common thing amongst the the players that are playing professionally is they do come back and do some stuff with Cliff. And that also, I, I would imagine Trace might be getting some work in against like Khalil Ware and some other guys. You know, they, those, those, when you get to that elite level of talent, you're always looking for people that you can actually play against because there's not many. Um, so I, I think he is back, at least for a limited time. I think they have some time until August where they can take some downtime. Um, so I think that's what's going on. I did wonder when Cliff sent that post out, where was Yogi? He had the. Um, the all-time scoring leader, the all-time rebound and block leader in that picture. They just needed Yogi in there to, to round it out and have all the, the major statistical categories covered. I tell you what, I've said this before, and I haven't really kept up with him as much as normal, but in the offseason, Cliff Marshall has kind of been the go-to guy for IU fans on social media to get a little bit of an inside look as to what's going on. It's a more quiet time. I know occasionally we get interviews and Zoom press conferences with different key players and that's nice to kind of keep the conversation rolling in the off season but cliff has a lot of work he puts in with current players former players and i'm sure he even deals with the recruits as they come into town uh, he's kind of a real insight in the off season as to what's going on behind the scenes yeah he is and i know you know something tom allen always says is that the uh, strength and conditioning staff has more time with the players than than anybody else in the program. And I, I think to a certain extent that holds true on the basketball side as well. And so those those folks are absolutely key um, just in terms of how they connect with players. And, and by all accounts, Cliff Marshall is, is a highly respected guy in terms of his professionalism, you know, his, his knowledge and uh, ability at what he does. But also he, he's just really well-liked. I think within the program, you don't ever hear anybody saying anything bad about Cliff Marshall. And you will hear people say that, you know, he was one of the reasons why a player decided to come back to the program or, you know, you know, recruits will say in interviews that, you know, his message and what he had to say really stood out to them. But yeah, he's definitely a positive for the program. And it's no coincidence that, you know, when Mike Woodson was hired, that, that he was somebody that he specifically wanted to retain. He was told by several people, hey, this is a guy you need to retain. So that that happened for a reason. I can assure you of that. Mike, someone asked me this yesterday, and I thought I would relay it to you today on the show. 
Uh, some of these incoming players on the roster, Kellel Ware, who you just mentioned, the big seven-footer from Oregon, or Mackenzie Mbako, who was committed to Duke and comes to Bloomington with a lot of fanfare, are they getting big-time NIL opportunities? Is that stuff announced? Have you heard much about some of these new faces? Because I think fans are curious when Indiana does land an elite player out of the portal or from traditional high school recruiting, uh, are these guys getting some sufficient NIL monies? And does that word circulate so it could help some of the current recruiting going on? Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt. Um, I mean, every, everybody on the team, I can tell you, is, is doing well from an NIL standpoint, you know, 1 through 13, uh, even to walk-ons for, for some of the, the, the stuff that goes on. But, but yeah, the, the more noteworthy players uh, like an Mbako, a five-star where a five-star McDonald's All-American types, they they are getting, I, I don't know if I'd say the lion's share, but, they're, you know, this is, you know, it's not a um, equal system. You know, just like it, it should not be. I mean, it, it's it's merit based. It's actual value of name, image, and likeness based. And it's as you alluded to. It's you know, getting the next guy, getting the message out there that you know, Jalen Huchifino did really well from an NIL perspective in his one year. That that is known out there in the uh, quote-unquote marketplace, you know, right now, I don't know how many people realize this, but agents are driving a lot of activity in the transfer portal uh, and in recruiting as well. And um, so when you see certain players like Aware kind of being directed to IU uh, as, as, hey, you know, Indiana is probably a place you want to look at because their players are doing well and look at the season Trace Jackson Davis just had. Um, that stuff gets out there. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's not ever going to be public. You're not going to see, oh, hey, Cole Ware made $2 million in Indiana. At least, at least nobody's going to want that to get out there. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that's what he's making. I'm just using that as an example uh, that, you know, what he is making, it, it gets out there. You can find reports right now of, you know, people finding out that, hey, Indiana is doing re- – doing really well for their players from an NIL perspective from other schools that are missing out on recruits that were competing against Indiana. So it's, it's no doubt it's out there, but it's their own personal business. So I don't expect you'll see a lot of reporting or activity around it. And and when we've seen it, you know, from like a Nigel pack or a, um, Oscar Sheboy at Kentucky, you know, that stuff hasn't gone over real well in terms of the publicity around it or the, um, you know, it's just not something that people want out there. It's probably not going to be something you see in the news often. But the people who need to know, know. I can make a long story short by saying that. <laughs> Good stuff, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Want to bring up IU football with you before we let you go. Uh, Taven Jackson, is he going to be the guy, the quarterback for Indiana? Where does the QB race stand? And any other thoughts you've got at this early point on IU football for this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to start to find that stuff out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think fall camp opens in two weeks from yesterday, is, is my understanding. Uh, if it's like every other year, the media will be allowed to be there. So we'll start to get to see some clues about, you know, just the, the ordering of things. Though I guarantee you that in, in years past, when, when they've had a quarterback controversy going into the uh, fall camp, 
they'll do everything they can to keep it a mystery just by, you know, trying to make snaps equal. And it very well could be. I mean, by, by all accounts, everybody I talk to, um, they, they truly don't know uh, who the quarterback is going to be, but they, they will want to know uh, two weeks out from the, the opener. So some, sometime here, you know, fall camp starts in two weeks, sometime in the first two weeks of fall camp. So sometime in the next month, four, four weeks to a month, uh, we, we should know who the quarterback is going to be. Um, the question will be, will, will Allen do what he did last year and, and make us all wait until the basically running out to the, the first series against Ohio State to actually know? That could be, but in terms of actually you know seeing the, the details at fall camp and, and what the staff actually decides, I think they'll decide much sooner than that, obviously. College football season, Mike, will be here before you know it. I guess last week I was watching the MLB All-Star game, and they were already very heavily promoting some of the big early season college football teams. I think it was on the Fox network. How's excitement for IU football? You and I have talked about how this season is important for Tom Allen. Uh, We know just a few years ago, man, excitement was at an all-time high that I can remember for IU football headed into the season. But as a guy that hosts a daily show that talks a lot of IU basketball and other sports at times, I don't get the feedback, the feel that IU football and its fans are extremely pumped up and can't wait for the season. I think in general, everybody loves college football and the football season, but IU specifically, is the fanfare there heading into the year? I don't sense it, and I think one of the reasons is because there's not a lot of name ID on this team. You know, in years past, you could say, well, you know, I'm not sure what the outlook is, but they got Michael Penix, so I know they're going to be competitive in, in most of their games. And, and last year, I think going in, you thought, you know what, they, they've returned almost all of their defense, and that's a good defense, so they, they should be pretty darn competitive, even if they're not winning games. This year, um, there, there's just a lot of unknowns. We talked about quarterback. Uh, most of the defense is turned over, um, but they did have a top 20 class in terms of the transfer portal. So they brought in a, a lot of talent. It's just hard to know how it's going to all come together. Um, but, but we're going to know fast because they play Ohio State. Um, you know, nobody's going to expect them to win that game. But if they're competitive, uh, I think that'll probably tell us a, a lot. Um, and, and I think they, in my opinion, that they have a chance to be competitive in that game because it's at home, because it's um, because Ohio State has their own country quarterback situation that they're going through right now they're basically in the exact same boat that they haven't announced anybody and they're going to figure it out in fall camp uh, they've had a lot of shuffling on on their offensive line so if indiana can can you know hang in that game and, and at least give people the sense that you know what they're, they're they're going to be a tough out even if they don't don't win games like of that magnitude um i, I think that will be the point in which we'll start to kind of maybe change some hearts and minds but right now it's just really hard to say like you know we, we talk about from a media standpoint like who who would you want to write a profile article on well there's just not a lot of name recognition with this team i'd be interested in guys like andre carter the defensive end i think he's going to be a, a standout uh, that will ultimately have a lot of interest from fans and, and there's just players like that that they don't know right now that have transferred in that i think will end up being uh, the, the stars of this team. 
Good stuff, Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. Read his work, thedailyhoosier.com. Mike, as always, thanks for the chat on Tuesdays. We greatly appreciate you. Thank you, Matt. Talk to you later. All right, we will head to a quick commercial break and come back and wrap up our Tuesday program. Sorry for the technical problems earlier in the hour. Caused us to get a little bit of a late start today, but rolling with you on a Tuesday. We're back to wrap things up after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program. Quick segment to wrap things up. How about this? The Jeffersonville Redevelopment Commission approved on Monday an interlocal agreement with the Greater Clark County Schools to fund a purchase of a big-time 56-passenger Freightliner coach bus, which will be used for Jeffersonville High School's athletics and theater department, band, choir, uh, other groups that need to travel. Uh, Mayor Mike Moore made the announcement last night. Uh, the News and Tribune today had some photos, a mock-up of what the bus looks like. You want to talk about traveling in style for your basketball, football teams, etc. Big Red Devils down the side, Jeffersonville, a modern-looking Freightliner bus. Uh, interesting to see city governments getting more involved with helping fund different projects and uh, amenities for schools and the city of Jeffersonville jumping in to replace, I guess, what used to be known as the old big red bus that uh, drove that 1993 state championship team around on their run to the state championship. Old cruiser bus that was kind of legendary there if you lived in the Jeffersonville community. That's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday show. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are there, so search for us, listen, whether it's live on the Big X in the 11 a.m. hour or if you're listening uh, via podcast on demand. We appreciate you. Glad to have you with us. We're in the slow time of sports, but we're headed directly in to college football season, and before you know it, it'll be college football, high school football, and then we'll roll right into the winter, and basketball will be here before you know it. It's fun to think about. Hate to lose the summer but love the basketball season. Have a great day. Talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.